Hey, this is Mark, and you're listening to Stuff Matters. In this episode, we talk about purifying water. What are the various methods to water purification? What chemicals are used? Where does most of our water come from? Can we purify the ocean? How far back is the history to this kind of science? How is the water molecule affected? All that and more as we dive in and explore to learn more about water purification. But first, let's hear a recent headline from the N.E.W.S. The News. In the news lately, there are predictions as to who will win the 2021 Nobel Prize in Chemistry. For those who do not know how a Nobel Prize is won, it's a whole process that spans across an entire year. Selection is from the Nobel Prize Committee taking nominations, and the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences has the final say on who wins. Nominations are opened to the Nobel Prize organization, usually by the start of autumn. The closing for submissions are in February. Then, in March to May, there are specialists sent out into the world to evaluate the preliminary round of candidates. During the summer, the committee puts together a report they submit to the Academy. The committee then submits its final recommendations in September about the final candidates, which is discussed at two meetings of the chemistry section of the Academy, In October, the Academy selects the top nominees. In December, the award ceremony is held, where the winner receives a medal, a diploma, and a document confirming their prize amount. But what kind of work does a chemist need to do to win this Nobel Prize? The only requirement is to invent or discover something groundbreaking. The prize is basically a Best Scientist of the Year award. If it's a huge contribution to the field of study, thanks. Here's a prize. Anyways, there's already some bets being placed on who will win at this year's ceremony of 2021. A one-hour panel of experts from the American Chemical Society, or ACS for short, was held on September 30th to discuss who might win. The three possible winners discussed were free radical chemist Barry Hollywell, Computation chemist William Georgensens and Mitsuyo Sawamoto, who developed metal catalyzed living radical polymerization. This year, the Nobel Prize Committee will announce their chemistry prize winners on October 6th. With the news out of the way, let's kick it on over to the TOPIC. The topic Water purification. Drinking clean water is a must for us humans. An adult human body is made up of roughly 60% water. Keep in mind that the Earth is made up of 71%. Today we will be learning about the process behind purifying water. In order to understand, we must first see where it all began. Time for a history lesson. See, the concept of water purification has been traced back to over 4,000 years ago. 
Back then, people believed any clear water was safe to drink. As that proved to be not the case, man decided to add fire by boiling clear water. As water sat to boil, sediment sank to the bottom. The water was then skimmed from the top of the container. In the 5th century, the Hippocrates developed the concept of passing water through a cloth to remove silt and sediments unable to pass through the woven tiny holes. This was a method used alongside boiling. Skip all the way to the 17th century, where we finally see the first multi-stage filter and microscope being invented. The microscope was able to help discover bacteria and other particles within the water. The multi-stage filter removed particles more efficiently than the process of boiling it and sifting it through a cloth. Mid-1700s showcased Joseph Amy designing the first patent for a water filter. This filter incorporated wool, sponge, and charcoal layering. His design made the first filters available for sale to the public in 1750. Scotland had then built their first water treatment facility in 1804. Another popped up in Paris soon after. These facilities filtered using a settling process, first to remove large sediments and then passes the water through sand and charcoal filters. In 1854, there was a cholera infection spread through London because of unfiltered water. This led to the idea of using chlorine and ozone shortly after. In the 19th and 20th century, we had a boom of water treatment facilities all around Europe. Coming closer to present day, we see desalination equipment invented, filters on the go. This was valuable to the World War II soldiers in the field. The U.S. Public Health Service created the first standards for drinking water in 1957. And then in 1974, we had Safe Drinking Water Act being passed for continued improvements in water filtration. And that's your brief history on how far we've come when wanting cleaner water. But what about the different ways to purify? There are four main approaches. Boiling. Filtration distillation, and chlorination. Boiling is the common knowledge that you add heat to kill the microorganisms, and this can make any tap water safe to drink. Filtration is straining the water through a layer made to grab any impurities. Distillation is vaporizing water into a condenser. You grab the water by changing it into a gas and funneling it. The gaseous form is then guided into a cooler climate where it condenses together back into a liquid. This is why it's called condensation. Lastly is chlorination. The element chlorine can kill pathogens by breaking bonds in their molecules. Certainly chemicals are used to purify. Chloramines are a group of chlorine and ammonia compounds made to neutralize and break apart impurities. Chlorine dioxide oxidizes floating particles and aids in coagulation. Coagulation is a process of changing a liquid into a solid. Hydrogen peroxide has no effect on humans, but has shown to oxidize organic matter by releasing oxygen atoms. This chemical is also used to rid of any microbial forms of chlorine left behind. Purifying water through boiling and distillation are showcases of changing the temperature. Filtration and chlorination make use of the chemical bonds 
the impurities react with as they break apart into neutralized molecules. Remember that chemical bonding is the sharing between electrons, so that both elemental parties can become a full octet. Bonding is also the intermolecular forces, or IMFs for short, uh, attracting one another. Other chemicals may be added for a cleanup process, or smartly designed to have only H2O left. You can purify rainwater with any proper filter, and a clean surface to catch it in. A less popular method of purifying is using UV filters, where ultraviolet wavelength kills the impurities. Quantum filtration is another method, primarily used to oxidize the removal of iron and manganese. But of course, simply buying a good filter from the store or online is good enough too. These tube-like filters we see are actually called gravity filters. They're called gravity filters because the water flows from the top out the bottom as gravity forces it through the filters. How's that for saving your money? Purifying rainwater. Believe me, it's definitely been done by countless of civilizations throughout the years. To close this topic, let's talk about the two curious questions hopefully everyone has considered. Where do we get most of our drinking water, and can we purify the ocean? Common knowledge here is our drinking water comes from freshwater resources. These locations are not contaminated by the salty sea, such as lakes, rivers, and groundwater. This fresh water is taken and filtrated, as it has sediments and other impurities easy to remove with today's technology. It's no secret, however, that we're becoming limited in fresh water. But there's an ocean! We can just take water from the sea. It makes up 71% of our planet, right? Yes, kind of. Uh, we're still working on it. Two ways to purify seawater are both expensive. There's reverse osmosis, which is using pressure to push the impurities and minerals through a specialized membrane. Then there's distillation. Both require equipment to proceed. Expensive equipment if you want done with good quality and quantity. This cost would inflate the drinking water market, and we all know how bad that can be. One last point is on the distillation method. Salt in water makes the boiling point increase. This means that it's going to take a lot more energy for the water to change into a gas. This is also why you hear talk of droughts with less water in lakes or streams. Global warming is causing enough energy for open fresh water to vaporize, but not enough to have the same effect on large bodies of salt water we call the ocean. The larger the body of water, the more heat it's going to need. Add salt to the large body and you might as well take time to just stop right there. It's not impossible to boil a large body of salt water. It's just going to take a lot of time for the heat to pass through the large body for any noticeable change in degrees. That is a whole lesson on heat capacity and how it takes a certain amount of energy to change any substance by one degree. Case in point, we've tried boiling the ocean already. People are out here trying to find another method outside the box for humanity's sake. That was a lot of information. Let's take a breather.
since the last episode on hazardous elements, I've been happy focusing on my work. Having these episodes on a bi-weekly basis allows me to stress less about the podcast and do some more prep work for future episodes way in advance. I recently got a hoodie as a present from a friend. They wanted to express their gratitude for how much I helped them with chemistry homework. In case you don't know, my current goal is to become a professor. Any chance I get to tutor by explaining a concept really gets me excited. I've also been enjoying some research experience as I've been helping a professor. They agreed to come on the show at a later date so we can talk about it. I've been sleeping good, eating good, and getting my exercise. Oh, and I have my Halloween costume already picked out. I got it for like $20 at a thrift store. But I'll say the reveal for what I'm going as until the Halloween special. Let's reflect on what we learned today by taking a look at the RECAP. It's recap time. Today we learned about what it takes to win a Nobel Prize in chemistry. Keep an eye out for October 6th, four days after this episode's release, where the winner will be announced. My money is on Barry Hollywell. We then learned more about purifying water, the four different methods, and how two have involved heat, while the other two rely on chemical bonding. There was also that brief history on the concept of water purification, so study up, because there will be a test on it later. We then tackled the questions of where our drinking water comes from, and why we can't resort to purifying the ocean just yet. Tune in next time where we look at the chemistry behind the four seasons. Be sure to follow so that way you won't miss a beat when the new episode drops. For more highlights and updates outside of the show, check out underscore Stuff Matters on Twitter. Got a great idea for a topic? Maybe you want to send me some fan mail or critique on the show. Feel free to email me through stuffmatterspodcast at gmail.com. I've been Mark, and thank you for listening to Stuff Matters.